Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Fleekazoid podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So today's episode is going to be for my girls who are starting from zero. Yep, that's right. You probably don't even have a man. Or you realize that your dating habits are reflective of somebody who has internalized misogyny and pick-me mentality. Well, no fear. Fleekazoid is here. So even if you're not out here going for old professor dudes, that's fine. These are some basic things that I think that you should absolutely know and have in the back of your brain. Just because, you know, like a little arsenal. So this is the first point that I'm going to make, and to some of you guys, it's one of the most common things that I get asked, but a man's potential means absolutely nothing to me. The question is, where is he today? Where is he right now? Is he even actively pursuing those goals in a way where his habits match up with the outcome? A man could be in community college, maybe he's pre-med, maybe he wants to be a dentist, and all of those are very beautiful, amazing things, but he can come back to me when he is the dentist or when he's done being a doctor. In the meantime, I'm personally going to go get the doctor. And it's so funny because there are men who are like, oh yeah, well wait till I get on my come up one day and wait till I'm driving my Range Rover. Um, no thank you, I'm not gonna wait, I'm actually gonna go with the guy who already has his Range Rover. The reason for this is because when a man is in a building stage in his life, everything around him is perceived as a tool that can help him build. And yes, that means you as his girlfriend, potentially his cheerleader, and maybe even his backup wallet. For me, it's like, I have goals of my own. It's expensive out here. I need my own money. I don't think you can even exist on the UCF campus for like less than $5 a day. And that's the very cheap bare minimum. I think you actually need like 20 between coffee and food. So get a little selfish and prioritize yourself because college and being in your early 20s is hard enough as it is. And let's not even talk about what happens after you graduate because fun fact, that's like jumping into an ice bucket of cold water. So if you want to have fun with the dusties and play in the dust, that's fine. But don't attach yourself to one and form your entire existence around catering to getting extra work and extra shifts and making more money just so that you can afford to do more fun things with him because he has you out here paying half or paying for the whole thing. Nope, that's him trying to make you believe that he has potential that one day it's going to come back around to you. And look, yes, some people may have had that happen for them, but God forbid you get to the end of that rainbow and it doesn't. Then what? What are you going to do? Probably lose your mind and get mental illness. Yeah, no, let's save ourselves beforehand. I'm not saying that you have to hate these types of people with all of your heart and spirit. I think that there is some good things about keeping them around as friends if they are not totally unstable. But that's the only thing that they would be to me, just friends. And no, not friends with benefits, unless it's something I genuinely wanted to do and it came from a place where I knew I wasn't going to make them my boyfriend or husband. And if you catch yourself having to mother a dude to keep him on track to his goals, yeah, that's not your job. That's his mom's job or his coach's job or the job of his fraternity and his little frat bros. Don't you ever use that mental energy towards man when you could be using it towards yourself to better your own life and it will go a lot further. 
A lot of guys will tell you about their goals and ambitions and potential because they think it will make you like them more. But the second that you start holding them to it and you start making them work and you start treating them like somebody who is on that path, they're going to resent you and they're going to think, wow, she's annoying, she's nagging me or she's irritating me. So yeah, keep that energy to yourself. Don't ever give it to a man and you will appreciate it so much more than he ever will. Sometimes men with potential won't even just tell you about their lofty dreams and goals. They will even lie to you about where they are right now, what they have going on for them, and where they think they're going to be in the next few months to the next year. I want you to keep a very close eye on what happens during that month and that year. If a few months go by and the goals that he told you he was going to hit or the things he said was going to happen don't happen, that is a huge red flag. God forbid you stay around for one whole year and you're exclusive to somebody and these things still don't end up happening. That's your cue to get out and as fast as you can. If they get to this point and they realize that you noticed that they didn't live up to what they promised, they will try to pretend like the plan changed and like they have a whole new game plan and they will add another six months to year to that timeline. Nope, sorry. In our early 20s, time flies and no, you don't have a year to waste for this dude to get it together or to live up to his word. It's so funny. I actually have multiple stories about dudes who gave me potentials and timelines and then they got to that end of the year or that end of the six months and I literally left right then and there because I was like, um, this is very obvious to me. So I hope it's obvious to you guys and that you guys don't get caught chasing the tail of a dog that's never going to be yours or one that's make-believe that he tricked you into believing existed. Point number two, I do not confirm a date on a man's behalf. This means that if a man plans a date with you and the day of that date comes, I don't text him, hey, I just wanted to check in to make sure that we were on for tonight. I just wanted to make sure that the plans were happening. I leave that up to him. Especially if there's a man who gives me a plan and then afterwards he's like, oh, I'll actually have to let you know if I can do that. This is a moment to see if a man is going to live up to his word. If he falls back and he fails in this department, oh well, then he failed. That's everything that you need to know about him. Give that courtesy check-in to your coworkers, your friends, or even somebody you're doing business with. But with the man who's trying to show you that he's worth being in your life and that he wants to impress you, and he's telling you, yes, I'll follow through, but then the day comes and he doesn't follow through, and you just met him, Well, prepare for the whole entire relationship to be with a dude who's either going to lie to you or not live up to his promises. And trust me, you do not want to be the one who's having to remind him to live up to his word or live up to his promises. It'll be a very annoying relationship for the both of you, but especially you. A man who adores you, who is serious about having you in his life, will be so hard to keep away from you, it's actually going to be annoying. He will not leave any room for you to fall through the cracks, and he will make sure that he is there to keep you at least on the sidelines or fill you in on the day-by-day plays. The funniest and one of the best things that I think you can do is actually date multiple people and plan two dates in the same day. That way, when one of the bozos decides to be a flake, you at least have another person that you can go on a date with, and then... Let's say that other guy decides to text you one hour beforehand, all sloppy, or he even texts you afterwards, like an hour or two, wondering what happened. You can be like, oh, well, already out with somebody else. Live your best life and date with the mentality that you have suitors who are trying to impress you, not a man that you are trying to tie down like a hog. Point number three, I don't accept dates that don't impress me or don't give me a reason to get dressed up. Now, this one is kind of personal to me, but a lot of you guys will ask me, oh, is this an okay date to go on? Is this a good date to go on? So think about it. Is it a good date to you? 
What's important for you when you go on a date? For me, what's important is being impressed. I also like to get dressed up to show up and show out. So I don't want to go anywhere that's super dirty or super crowded or somewhere if I dress up, I have to worry about something being stolen or even being harassed. Locations I would definitely say no to are places like sports bars or places that play sports on the TV. If you've been on this type of date, you already know how it goes. He spends the entire time watching the TV and looking over your head like you don't even notice. I mean, if you want to test a guy to see how unaware he is and how stupid he thinks you are, go ahead, go on that date. Personally though, I would rather enjoy the atmosphere and I would rather go to a place that's more comfortable for me. So somewhere more upscale, you don't even have to order a full course meal. You can literally just go for drinks and appetizers. And while you're there, Watch how he acts. Watch how he interacts with the menu. If he seems uncomfortable or stiff and he acts like he doesn't usually go to these types of places, that's something I would log into my mind as a dude who has a low standard of living. And whatever quality of living you like to have, that's up to you to decide if it's good or not for you. If you don't have a high standard of living, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But personally, these low-end budget places that smell like cleaning product, that have crying babies and screaming little kids, kind of frustrate me and stress me out, so I like to avoid them. I also feel like I can't get dressed up for them, and I feel like I have to purposely be basic just to spend my time there, so they make me feel like I have to lessen myself. So that's my personal reasoning. I am not accepting dates at parks either. I'm also not accepting dates where it is a party at a house that I've never been to or with people that I don't know. God forbid you end up in a horrible situation and then you have to be taken care of by him or his friends and they don't even know or like you enough to want to give you that decency and bad things probably end up happening as a result. I also don't want to be their date at a tailgate. I personally really enjoy classy casual places that allow me to be in my feminine energy. So being on a date where things are very casual and lax and loose and I'm getting to know five people at one time instead of just one is very stressful and I don't think it's an appropriate date situation and I don't even think it's good to be partying with them within the first three dates, hell, even four. I feel like these are all things that you do when you really get to know somebody. So watch out. There's a difference between doing something casual because it's fun and doing something casual because he's broke and he doesn't want to spend money on you. When it comes to sports, you guys might disagree with me on this one, but I wouldn't even accept hockey game dates or soccer stadium dates just because those aren't things that I like to do or things that I enjoy. They're not even made for women. If you have a bag, you have to keep it in a locker and it has to be really small and transparent so you end up carrying your phone in your pocket. What about your makeup? What about your taser? You can't bring these things with you to these types of locations. So I personally don't enjoy them. And I think that these are things that are meant for dudes who are hanging out with other dudes. And if that's the case, then he needs to do that with his dudes. Or maybe he wants a woman who's more on the masculine side. That's fine, but she's not me. So I would say no to this type of date. To me, it's not all about the money that's being put into the date. However, I definitely feel better if there is money being put into the date because that makes me feel like he's investing in me and like he's going to have a harder time walking away. Now, if it's a man of means, it ain't tricking if you got it. He would already be eating at these places and drinking these drinks. But with you there, it's now you plus two. And it doesn't really mean anything for him to invest his money the way that a Dusty would, who would get very upset if something didn't come out of the date. Number four, I do not advertise what I bring to the table. Nor do I answer this question if a man asks it of me. If anything, this is kind of antagonistic and it's almost like he's negging you. 
As women, we not only elongate a man's lifespan when he's married to us because we motivate them to go to the doctors and to take care of themselves, they still die before us, but if we have their kid, it seriously impacts the quality of our life. Apparently, women who have children and who are married are some of the least happiest women in America. They probably are also some of the most mistreated women. On top of all these other factors, we give men a reason to live. We give them a purpose throughout the day. They earn status through us. They get treated like the man if they're dating one of us. Men get a girlfriend and it goes around in the workplace and suddenly he looks like he's more stable and like he's getting his life together. And then he'll get a promotion. Or if you're the wife or the girlfriend of a businessman, he'll bring you around to impress his clients to establish his worth in society and to show them why he's somebody that they should do business with. Now that I've listed all these things out, they seem very obvious, don't they? That's because they are, and any man knows this already. So a guy who is asking you this is deliberately doing it to belittle you and to make the conversation transactional. He wants to know what are you going to do for him to keep him around. And depending on the man, this could be financial, this could be energetically, this could be somebody who wants you to display yourself physically to them. And it's just a question that you don't need to answer because of all the things I just mentioned. So please do not ever start listing off the car that you drive, how many jobs you work, where you go to school, what your position is at work, or any of the things that are actually awesome about you because somebody who knows you're awesome won't even come near you with this question. Point number five, just like how they future fake with me about marriage, a house, kids, and pets, I future fake about how I'm going to ride the like a BMX. One way that a man will soft future fake with you is by asking you if you've ever been traveling. He'll ask you where you want to go and then he'll go, oh, maybe we can go there one day. And it literally means absolutely nothing. They will never follow through with it. It is just bait to make the conversation more interesting and just to seem like they are somebody who could actually take you to a place that you really want to go to. A man who wants to trick you into sleeping with him prematurely or who wants to reap wifey benefits without actually acting like a husband will use future faking against you. There's no limit to future faking. It can be about what you're going to do next week, what type of couple you're going to be in a month, two months, three months. It could be about having kids, a house, a dog, a cat. It can be about literally anything. If it makes the conversation more exciting and it makes you more interested in him and he doesn't even actually have to come through with it, congratulations, he's future faking you. One way that I like to future fake back is by future faking with the abilities of my skills in the sheets. I will pretend like I am so freaky and so nasty and so down to do the deed in a way like nobody's ever done it before that I will act like they're not even able to handle me even if they got the chance. I will talk about and all types of and all types of dirt that I like to be done onto me just to freak them out. A lot of them are scared to talk to and they don't even know how to be so saying all these things is really going to make them question whether they can live up to that or if they can truly even actually handle it. So I like to say this to entice them, drum up their imagination, but to also keep them away because they know they're never going to be able to live up to it. So with me, they're always going to be on the edge of maybe one day, but whenever I decide that I think that they're ready. So the way that you can do this is say that one day he is asking you, when are you going to sleep with me or when are we going to go to the next level, da 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 da. You can tell him. Well, I mean, even if we did sleep together, I don't even know if you could handle what I'm into. Then he'll be like, what are you into? Then you can start listing it off. Well, I'm into some stuff that's kind of 
intense and you can really get his curiosity going and you can lead the conversation down a rabbit hole that he was not prepared for. Have this conversation anyways if you're going to be going out dating and sleeping with people. They should be talking about what you're into and what you guys like and what you don't like before jumping into the sheets. And no, don't do it right before you're literally about to do it. You should have a lot of conversations before somebody is worthy of getting into that point. So many guys worry about their performance that they don't even know how to begin to fill the shoes of somebody who is that level of intense. So you're really going to be able to make him question his own manhood with this one. And just because we're talking about whips, chains, and dirty talk does not mean that we like it in the or doing anything that we don't want to actually do. Don't let him try to fuse his creepy little fetishes into your world. Now, whether all of these things are actually true only matters to the people who want to sleep with you and to the people that you want to sleep with right back who deserve the answer. So if they can future fake with me, haha, surprise, I can do it right back and probably in a way that's even more effective when it comes to them. The other lesson here is to never fall for the future fake. If you sense that he is talking about something far down the line and you don't even know the type of man that he is yet, he is future faking and love bombing you and you should not be seriously invested with this type of man because he might even be possibly narcissistic. However, I am not a psychologist and I cannot diagnose. It is a known thing that narcissists do very early on in the relationship. Point number six, I am not a 24-7 texting service or selfie sending service. But what does this mean, Fleeksy? Is it not fun for you to text and get to know somebody over the phone? Of course it is, and it especially is for him. In fact, it's so enjoyable for men that they have entire financial empires built around men who are lonely, looking for 1-800-LOCAL-CUTIES to text and send them selfies. Why do you think that some of them ask for pictures right away or start sending you pictures right away as soon as they get your number? Doesn't it make you so sad to think about all the times that you tried to give your pictures and text messages away for free and a boy totally didn't even actually want them? And there are some women who literally think it is foolish to be texting men for free. And I am kind of one of them. The men who are full of crap and who are usually scammers like to spend a lot of time in this stage. In fact, they enjoy spending so much time in it, they actually will never ask you out on a date. But this isn't a one-size-fits-all type of situation. He could be a lazy bum with no job who has nothing better to do all day than to send you text messages or to take selfies and demand for them to be sent back. He could be a guy who doesn't even have money to take you out on a date. He could just be enjoying the perks of seeing your pictures and knowing that somebody out there enjoys the idea of dating him. And maybe one day when he gets money, he'll take you on one date. Some other possibilities involve him possibly being married or possibly already having another girlfriend. The thing is that the people who are about you, who genuinely want to get to know you, know that that can only happen in person, seeing your demeanor, hearing the way you talk, seeing if you guys have any chemistry when it comes to conversation. There are so many nuances that you don't get to pick up on when you're only communicating over the phone. In fact, it makes it really easy for people to pretend to be somebody that they're not because of this. It's a lot harder to hold up a lie and live up to your lie when somebody sees you every day, sees where you live, sees what you drive, and knows what you act like when you're in restaurants. A man could portray himself as confident and generous, but then you get to the restaurant and suddenly he's telling you what to order and what he doesn't think you guys should get because he wants to be cheap and save money. So trust, a guy with money and even a guy with a crazy busy schedule is going to find a way to fit you in if you're a priority to him and if he genuinely wants to get to know you. 
To this man, he's going to be terrified to even miss his opportunity to be an opportunity. So he's going to rush unusually fast to plan the date with you. There's not going to be a one-week texting window of you hoping eventually he decides to bring up the possibility of meeting you up on a date. No, in fact, he might actually be like, hey, what's up? How are you? Where are you from? Oh, do you want to go on a date? Do you want to go get drinks? Like, that's how fast it's going to go. And that's honestly the person who's not wasting time, which I think is somebody who's good to have around. The man who wants my Snapchat and my Instagram and who's trying to text me for a week and who has me hoping that he'll ask me on a date. Yeah, no, he's annoying. And I find that somebody who spends a lot of time texting early on and they're not asking me out on a date is either not serious about me or they have a hang up that they're not being open and honest about. And let's be honest, do you really want to be bum rushed for all of your social media accounts just for this man to not even interact with you on them or take you on a date? If you're vanilla dating, you're probably going to want to actually get that Instagram and you're going to want to plug it in and see what pops up into that following section. Teehee. To me, if we get our Instagrams and then he starts to just lull around and ask me what am I doing and what's going on, but he never moves on to make a plan, I just stop responding. Because this is the guy who's only going to take you out on a date if he's bored, not if he's genuinely interested in rushing to get to meet you because he's scared that he might miss his chance to be with a girl like you. And why do you want to have people who literally just want to hang out with you on their lowest, darkest moments? No, thank you. I'll stay out of that back pocket and I'll go be in somebody else's pocket. So if I haven't already made it clear, the guy who is coming right out the gate trying to go on a date with you is usually a green flag and a go. Anybody else who is doing all that extra extra online is usually somebody who is scamming and lying or is going to waste your time. And when I say scamming and lying, I mean they are literally scamming you for a service that this person would normally have to pay for to get attention. That's right, all those selfies and text messages and attention that you give that man is something that could run up a very high bill if he had the funds to even afford it. So please, don't ever underestimate that and don't just give it away freely. Realize the man who wants to be with you is not even going to put you through that. He's going to take you right out on a date and let you get to know him. Especially if it's a man of means and if it's not tricking for him because he got it like that. Point number seven. When a man says he likes independent women, a man who is not dusty is actually going to want you to need him and to ask for his help and to even let him pay. However... What they really mean when they say they want someone who's independent is somebody who doesn't have to always text them on the phone, always have to hold their hand, always have to be on a phone call with them, or somebody who's just always wanting to know where they are or what they're up to. They want someone who literally has their own life. And while yes, it's actually a great thing to have your own stack and to be someone who doesn't need to rely on a man for his money, this type of guy would literally date a girl who was just a Chipotle cashier. It would mean nothing if it was the girl of his dreams. He would be happy to take care of her. So with that being said, you don't ever need to flex your own independence in front of a man when it comes to your financial wealth. Doing that will only attract the lowest of the low, and it will make your man feel like he doesn't have to step up for you. So the only men who will be coming your way are the ones who want to use you, the ones who see benefits from you having your own financial stack, i.e. being able to use you as his backup wallet or using you to be able to save his own coin. Men do not spend money on things that they do not care about. So the man who's fighting for his life to not spend money on a woman is somebody who is telling you that he does not care about you or that he's too broke to even be dating, which is like, why are you there? Usually, it's the men who are trying to hook up with you and run through your body, trying to get you for free 99. So, just know in advance that when they say that they like independent women, that most of them are talking about your lifestyle, not about your financial income. 
if it's somebody who is not dusty who is invested in you. My advice with this would be, stop using text messages as a barometer of how good the relationship is. Only text to set up dates and to make plans. And anything outside of that is just Hufflepuff fluff. Putting the value of the relationship on whether this man sends you enough text messages during the day is exactly what will turn him off. It's extremely codependent, and it's not something that's an accurate measurement of the relationship anyways. Point number eight. The less you talk about yourself, the more they like you. I know. I know, somebody doesn't want to hear your life story. Somebody likes you less after hearing your life story. How could that be? Well, the sheer fact is that people like talking about themselves. In fact, if you spent one hour talking to somebody about themselves and nothing else, they would probably walk away thinking, wow, that was a really good conversation. And by someone else, I mean men. So if you are dating somebody for the first time and you want to maximize the amounts of dates that you have with that person, that likelihood will go up if you allow them to go on and on and on about themselves and you think of a million ways to keep that conversation about them going. This has to do with maintaining your mystery and giving somebody something to peel back when it comes to you. It also has to do with the chase and making them feel like they won you over and revealing information about yourself. You're probably wondering, but what if it gets quiet? What if it gets weird? Well, you still don't have to be discursive to fill that silence. Men who teach red pill dating tactics will tell other men that they don't need to be the ones who do the talking and to leave it all up to the woman. I say, definitely do not do this and be wary if a man is putting you in this position. You might be able to tell where he's getting his advice from. Point number nine, only broke men are impressed by your finances. Bragging about your car, how you live alone, where you live, where you work, your position at your job, how much money you make from that job, and everything and anything about you that has to do with how financially independent you are is only going to be honey to the broke, broke flies of this dating world. And I'm not saying that these things aren't special about you and that they shouldn't be celebrated and that they don't make you amazing because those are absolutely achievements. And yes, a man with means will actually look at this and be like, wow, I'm impressed that she did that for herself. However, he's not going to solely like you for that, and he's not going to see that as your value. Your value is going to be in all the other ways that were previously discussed. To a broke boy, this is going to be music to his ears. This is going to mean that he can move in, unpack, and settle down for a year or two years while he looks for other options and builds up his stack under your roof. The T is that a broke man will live with you, act loving towards you, and be a part of your life while planning his escape and looking for the one who he can eventually one day afford when he can afford her. Eventually, some women get old and lonely and they decide to adopt Dusty this way and to take him in, and sometimes the Dusty still doesn't even want to be with her, not unless he can run her through the ground. So even being this way and even marketing yourself as a financially safe option for a man will still not even guarantee you one. And if it does, it's only going to be the brokest, most desperate one who sees you as an option that he can use. Point number 10. Unless you are a psychologist, you are not mentally equipped to fix another person or help them fight their mental demons. Does this mean that we shun anybody away who has any types of struggles? Absolutely not, but you are not a fixer-upper and you are not here to be somebody's rehab or therapy. The other caveat with this fixer-upper therapist mindset when it comes to love and dating is that you tell yourself that you're not worthy of somebody who is where they want to be 
mentally and emotionally. It's like you're inherently communicating with yourself that you're not worthy of somebody who wants to work on their own issues or somebody who tries to help out themselves and who is in a place that's healthy and is ready for a relationship. Somebody who has issues that are beyond your control, beyond your consolation, and beyond you being able to rectify them is somebody who doesn't necessarily need to be in a relationship. They probably need a doctor. A very sick possibility that also falls into this section is that there are men who literally get no attention ever unless they are pretending to be sick, sad, and downtrodden. Yes, that's right, they will use their crutches as a way to gain sympathy from you and to get you to favor them and to be sad and sweet towards them. If anybody remembers the tactics of Ted Bundy, I would say that this is fairly in the category of what he would do. So a man who is burnt up over his breakup from the third grade, or a man who constantly deals with ADHD issues that land him with tickets or in and out of court, or maybe even a man with anxiety issues who constantly throws up and who even borderline has an eating disorder. Look, these are all very serious issues, but guess what? You're not a doctor. Unless you are a doctor, then that's amazing. Feel free to help him out. But if you are not any of these things, you are not meant to be some man's rehab therapy. These are things that he needs to deal with on his own. These are very sensitive topics and they're really hard to talk about and address and I know I sound kind of insensitive by talking about this, but trust me, the wrong man will absolutely use these things to try to get you to pity him and so that he can feel a grace of happiness just by you feeling sad about him. Because this is the type of person who wouldn't even get any type of celebration or appreciation because they do nothing to be celebrated or appreciated. They love being in that down place. That's right, they enjoy the victim role. Now, is this everybody who suffers with these issues? Absolutely not. But is it the man who puts them all on you, who expects you to care for him and to watch out for these issues in his daily life and to make sure that you're always coddling him to never trigger these possibilities of flaring up? I promise you, there are people who are self-aware when it comes to these issues that they deal with. They work on them. They're cognizant of how they affect their own life. And they don't need you as their life coach constantly trying to guide them out of it. Being a beam of moral support and mental support in a man's life does not mean that you are his doctor and his therapist when it comes to these very severe issues. Unless you went to school for these types of things and you were educated in how to talk to somebody, deal with these things, and how to even medicate them, then these are not your things to be handling. Leave it to the professionals because you are absolutely not one. And if that's what he needs, don't be afraid to hold his hand and walk him out the door. Some men will reveal these issues over time, some men will wait till you have an issue to bring up their personal issues, or you'll just find out that these are things that they constantly deal with that they act like are normal, and then you realize, wait, that's not normal, and you try to help them fix it, but they don't even want to fix it. So with that being said, we are not rehab for men. We are trying to live our best life and we are trying to be with those who are on our level emotionally, mentally, physically, and people who want to actively do better and be better, who seek out help for the problems that they have and not through relationships by using the person that they're dating as a therapist or physical doctor or a life coach. It's actually kind of codependent toxic behavior for somebody to put you through that. So absolutely don't allow yourself to fall into that pit trap and don't fall into codependent behavior, period. Point number 11. Just because you make that man wait to do the do with you does not mean that he's going to stay around after. Yup, that's right. Some men are prepared to fake and give you their nicest version of themselves for three months, four months, all to get the p all to see what you taste like, all just to know what you are like as a woman, and 
they will still ghost you, still treat you poorly after the fact, and move on to the next. There is no safe amount of time to wait to get with a guy. Now does this mean that you should sleep with him all willy-nilly just because you want to find out what type of man he is anyways? Absolutely not. Do not always work, my friend. Diseases are very real, and most people get one by the time they're 25. Wait until you turn 25 and see how many friends come to you and share that they've had one, or possibly even family members. And no, I'm not saying this as a way to perpetuate stigma. Even people who have are deserving of love. However, you should not risk your body and your health just to find out if this guy is one of them. If a man walks out of your life because you had five dates where he didn't even get the but maybe he's at least making or kissing you, what does that tell you? That tells you that he literally only had five dates of nice in him. That is absolutely somebody who would have switched up and turned into Mr. Comfortable the second that you gave him what he actually wanted. So please do not see it as a loss if you did not sleep with somebody in an appropriate amount of time in their eyes and then they left your life. That tells you exactly what they wanted from you and what they would have done anyways if you gave it to them. Either way, you were going to lose them. But this way, you keep your health. So I say it's a W. The patriarchy will have you out here thinking that, oh, it's just oh, who cares? Just do it anyways. It's fun for everybody. Uh, not for everyone. I don't know about you, but I need an emotional connection to even feel some type of physical joy when I'm with another person. I need an emotional connection just to not feel awkward about my body being around them fully un- So, it is not just doing the do just for the fun, unless it is something that I've actually fantasized about, have wanted for myself, and something that I'm genuinely interested in which is the only case that would be justifiable. And even then, you can change your mind whenever you want, even if you are right down to the very moment of about to doing it. So do not ever fall for this trap, do what is best for you, and do not think that there is an appropriate amount of time to wait. If anything, I say stall for as long as you can, see what his intentions are, and have many conversations about the act and what you even like to do in the act before getting to that point with him and finding out in the very moment. God forbid you find out that this is a guy who likes to always do it in the and who is physically creepy when it comes to his interactions that he likes in the sheets, you might find out that he keeps old plugs from his ex. You might find out that he has ED. You could find out that he has a micro. You could literally find out all these things about him via conversation and not down in the moment when you are getting with him physically. And please, any normal person who wants to make this an enjoyable experience for you is going to have a conversation about it and mentally prepare you for it. You won't be finding out the moment you take your clothes that these are the things that he's into, and you also won't be finding out on the fourth or fifth time. These are things that you should be super honest about and open with so that you and the person that you're with can enjoy themselves. That's literally what the whole point is about, isn't it? This is not one of the things that you want to do backwards, so I'm going to advocate for waiting, making a million conversations out of it, and telling him, "Mm, I don't think I'm ready to sleep with you yet because there are so many conversations that we need to have. And then he'll be like, what conversations? And then you can open it up and unfold it one at a time, but don't rush through it. If a person is meant for you, you will never have to pretend to be what they are into. You will never have to pretend to want to tolerate things that are beyond your ability to tolerate. And you will never have to put yourself in a situation that is not enjoyable for you. So ask yourself before you sleep with a man, am I ready to lose this man? Have I gotten everything that I've wanted out of this relationship to where if he left tonight or tomorrow or next week and I never saw or heard from him again, would I feel like the loser or the winner out of that situation? 
Personally, I like to make a man invest, invest, invest to the point where I feel like I either got to know him enough and it wasn't a loss or I feel like I got a lot of gifts and I got a lot of dates and he is more financially hurt and burdened by the end of the relationship than I am. And please don't come at me with, there are no winners and losers in relationships. There is absolutely a winner and a loser every time when it comes to love. We are not playing the moral game here. We are playing team. Do it for me and nobody else. Men have learned that you will either do it with them on the third date, on the third month, when they become your boyfriend, or any of these other arbitrary times. Let it be known that there is no right time. It could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be next year. It is literally whenever you are comfortable, whenever you think he is ready for it. A man will give you his fakest face, his nicest self, and will put on the act for as long as he needs to in order to get to where he wants to get with you, all while doing it with multiple other women. So be ready, because this man could wait for a very long time. He could be very convincing about it. Anytime you see that mask slip up, anytime you see him get salty or get attitude about sleeping with you, or huff and puff and cross his arms about not getting to a certain physical stage with you, that is a man who is telling you that that is the main reason why he is with you. If it was truly about loving you, liking you, being on a path with you in a relationship, this is something that he will have plenty of time to do for the rest of his life and it's not something he is going to rush into. They expose their priorities in very unique and interesting ways, my ladies. So keep an eye out for these key behaviors. And yeah, you should know exactly what type of dude this is based off those little things that I just mentioned alone. Point number 12. What a man means when he says he wants a driven woman. When a broke man says he wants a driven woman, that means he wants somebody who works a full-time job. Somebody who will also do the chores, take care of the kids, and look beautiful 24-7. When a man of means says that he wants a woman who is driven, he means that he wants a woman who takes care of herself, who eats right, and who is passionate about her body and her health and her looks. Yes, I know, two very different things. Some of these kind of overlap a little bit. However, the point is there. A man who is about his finances and who is where he wants to be in life is not going to see the fact that you are already doing all these things as a way of being driven. Those will just be the bare necessities in his eyes. It is so shallow and stupid and so backwards, but I have had men tell me on dates that they criticize their ex-girlfriend with their whole entire family for gaining 20 pounds and not being passionate about losing it. Yes, that's right. He literally said that was his example of dating a girl that was unattractively unmotivated and not driven in her life, which was pretty disgusting to hear, and he knew it was shallow to say. For somebody who was very shallow about how his ex-girlfriend looked, this man was not being very shallow about how he looked himself, which was hilarious. Like, sir, please, you have a double chin, you have a pot belly, and your hair is greasy and poorly cut. Who are you? What? What is this, honey? I digress. The only times I would tolerate these standards if, if it was a man with a bag and I was there to secure my bag and run in and run out. I will never go out of my way to look good for one specific man. If anything, the mentality is that I will try to look good for me at all times in my life. So if that man does decide to ever act up, I will have the option to bounce on the D and go off to the next with ease. A man should love you for you, but unfortunately, this is what they mean when they say these things. So I want you guys to be able to read in between the lines and decode them. Or if he tells you that somebody in his life lacked drive and motivation, don't be afraid to poke around that question. Don't be afraid to eliminate him based off the answer either. 
You can ask him, what do you mean by drive and motivation? Can you give an example of a moment when you felt like this was something that came to your attention? Can you give me a specific example of what you meant by her not having drive and motivation? Point number 13. Broke men will use emotional manipulation, while rich men will use financial manipulation. Honestly, if I'm going to be manipulated, I would rather be manipulated with dollar signs. This is not including the possibility of there being any domestic uh, schmoosh or, mm-hmm, you know, anything that I cannot say on this podcast to keep it rated PG-13 for the little ears and to keep it monetized. However, we're assuming that this is just the entry-level stage. What type of emotional manipulation would we be dealing with at an entry-level stage? Well, you might get a guy who love bombs you, who tells you, wow, I could see myself getting married to you. I could see myself falling in love with you. I could see us going on vacations. He will pull any little heartstring that he can think of to get you to feel more inclined to give him your body, give him your emotional energy, give him your time and your texting and selfie services. All the while, he might not even be taking you out on dates. He not might be buying you gifts. He might realize that you're a very expensive woman and he might not do anything to contribute to it. He'll just be telling you all these things about the future, all the ways that he feels about you, but doing absolutely nothing and giving you the bare minimum. Whereas a man with money might realize, hey, I have this resource that I can use to my abilities. Let me throw it at her. So he might give you a lavish date. He might take you to that concert. You might get VIP tickets to a festival. And look, it doesn't mean that you have to be a certain way at these environments. These are dates where he's getting to know you. He's trying to charm you and he's trying to win you over. Thinking that you have to be all over him or romantically physical with him or any type of seductive nature that is over the top just because he brought you to this environment is pick me thinking and it is also a sign that you have been traumatized by dusties who have a one-track mind who try to put you into a little box who made you think that there is no way that you can be treated nice without completely exploiting yourself at your own expense. To women who are always being enchanted and wowed by men with finances, it is just another Tuesday. She had three other men take her to the same exact place the past three months. Do you think that she had to do all of that with them every single time? Absolutely not, and she still got to order whatever she wanted on their bag. To a true gentleman, he is just happy to breathe your air. So allow yourself to be the receiver, to be the gift taker. Let him treat you. Let him spend on you. Let him earn his good graces into your life, opposed to a Dusty who's going to sing songs into your ear and do no action besides maybe one thing here or there, just enough to keep the relationship going till he can get what he wants from you. The takeaway here is to have your own bag. Be your own source of validation. Don't fall for love bombing and always have a backup plan. These methods will obviously not be as effective on you if you're somebody who's not codependent, if you're self-validating and you know who you are as a person, and you don't need to be in a codependent relationship financially or emotionally to feel like you're worthy of existing on this earth or that your life has any meaning. And as always, set boundaries just so that you know who benefits from you not having them when you see who gets angry and tries to cut you off for not allowing them to cross them. Point number 14. Ask questions that determine if he should be eliminated. This is something that they do all the time with us and sometimes it's subtle, so we shouldn't be afraid to do it back. What type of questions are you talking about? Girl, you know what I mean. That one question that makes you think, if I answer this wrong, is he not gonna talk to me anymore? If I answer this wrong, are the plans canceled? 
We need to make them feel that way. The point of this is to make them question whether they are even worthy of being in your life. And it's also to turn the tables and to take you out of your pick-me mind. So what questions should you be asking? Well, it depends. What matters to you? For me, if I'm on a dating website and I am just getting to know a person, but I see, oh, they live 45 minutes away from me, I'm going to ask him. So what are you looking for? Because I noticed you're 45 minutes away. Are you hoping for an LDR slash online relationship? Weed them out. Don't be afraid to ask these things. Another thing that you could ask is say that you are having a conversation with this man over dinner and he tells you, oh, my last girlfriend, yeah, she lacked drive and independence. Okay, so he's trying to make you feel like you need to be misindependent or misdriven. Well, don't be afraid to ask him. What do you mean by drive? What do you mean by independence? Can you give me an example? Oh, well, is that going to be an issue for you with me because this is the type of person that I am or this is the job that I have and if I'm going to be dating somebody, I need someone who can support me. Talk to him like he is an actual contender for her husband. So get real with yourself when it comes to what you want in a relationship. And don't be afraid to ask these people and put them on the spot if they put you on the spot. It's about being straightforward, getting straight to the point, not wasting your time, and eliminating people who are wrong for you and not giving them any hee-hee-ha-ha, how are you, where are you from, any type of 1-800-free-chat services from your local cutie type of conversation. That doesn't need to be had if they're already not going to be a fit for you. Point number 15 date with very specific goals. Don't be going in there with mixed signals to the universe about what you want. What are your goals? Well, that's for you to decide. Personally, I want all my goals to benefit me because at the end of the day, I feel like a man is going to disappoint me eventually, so I might as well leave with some gifts, some cash, or some really nice experiences that I can only have just because I was dating them. In general, the point is that these men want you. They want to impress you. And they want to be in your life in some way if it means that they can get what they want from you. So go into it with your own very specific goal and make them reach that bar in order to have access to you. And if he is doing absolutely nothing to better your life, contribute to the greatness of it, or if he is even taking away from your life and adding misery or stagnating it or impeding your growth, then cut this man off. And finally, point number 16. A good, happy life is not determined by having a man in it. This one is about decentering men and focusing on the goals that you have in your life. No one is going to come into your life and fix all your problems. There are things that only you can do for you. Your existence on this earth is defined by so much more than just having a man in your life or a man in your life who thinks that you are worth committing to. Dating the wrong man is worse than having no man at all. Sometimes a man will come into your life disrupt it, destabilize it, and even tear you apart from the things that you love and set you back even further than where you were when you were single. So please, do not ever think that you need to have a man in your life just to be centered, happy, and stable. And you sure as heck don't need to call him your boyfriend or let him call you his girlfriend and let him have his way with your free time, your body, and your emotions. The right man will add to your life. He will help you build on the greatness that you've already established for yourself. Some might even be able to present an opportunity that you might not have before, but this is not the case with all men and you should always be aware that you do not need a man to make greatness happen in your life for you. 
So be wary about looking like the person who needs a man in their world just to feel validated, just to feel secure, or even being in a position where a man can help you out in a way that can accelerate your growth and your well-being. If a scammer or the wrong person sees that you're somebody who needs help or that you're somebody who has an opening in their life, they're going to take that opportunity and they might run you into the ground with it or they might even exploit you. Even though we might think, oh, we're not where we want to be, there are people who are even lower than us who will want to take that opportunity to just get to where we are and use us as a stepping stone. And yes, a dusty boy can absolutely think this way. A lot of the times, they know what they're doing, they're not naive, they're not stupid, so let's not pretend they are. And let's have more self-worth and self-love within ourselves and do things that make ourselves happy and find somebody who can add to that. So with that being said, the point of today's podcast was to give you guys a vision for yourself when it comes to your standards and your boundaries, to not be afraid to be bold, to be stubborn, to defend yourself, to do it in a way that is feminine, or to do it in a way that embarrasses men. The point of this is that it's not bad to be single, but if you are going today, make it serve you. Do it with the discernment of Machiavelli and be as ruthless as him because at the end of the day, it's your life and these situations can actually be traumatizing. It's to protect you and it's to make sure that only the best of the best get through. Every second spent with the wrong guy is taking you away from the right one. Or even worse, it's taking you away from your own growth and your own self-betterment. When it comes to having high standards and being defensive, you have everything to gain and nothing to lose. You are only going to be getting rid of that which will not serve you and that which is potentially out to even hurt you. Or you'll just be getting rid of the people who were never really that interested to begin with. If you struggle with some form of codependency, you might find it incredibly hard to be alone. You might even think it's better to have someone in your life who gives 10% of about you versus having zero people in your life to give about you. As you get older and you get money and you become more interesting and more confident, you have things to offer. And people who are beneath you will see these things and they will try to take advantage of it. They'll try to scam you. They'll try to get one up on you. So just know at the end of the day that the only person who's going to look out for your best interest is you. The faster that you can enjoy solitude and being in your own presence, the better. Does that mean that you should actively aim to be in that state? No. But it does mean that you are going to have to be at some point. And it's really not that scary or that boring. It's never bad to be in your own company unless you yourself are bad company. Even if you're not a sugar baby, even if you are just somebody who dates for vanilla fun, this should still help you out. And if it doesn't, that's okay. You guys don't have to agree with me. If you do disagree, all I ask is that you do so respectfully. But that's all that we have for today. Thank you so much to the people who have waited patiently for this episode to come out. I hope that I don't have to cover any more of the basics after this. However, I'm always ready to if we do need to address 